Elena. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them and we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. Welcome to season three, episode six. The naked truth. Ooh, this is a good one, but what do we do first? Well, we uh, crack our <laughs> claws, baby, and break a fucking nail. Oh, oh no. Oh. No, it's okay. It's okay. 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 Mm. Are you okay? All right, cheers. Cheers. Yes. <laughs> well, be careful. well, this episode is a fun one. This is an interview episode with our guest, our friend Camille. Mm-hmm. And what did we talk with Camille about? We talked to Camille about stripping mm-hmm. and the sex industry. Yeah. And being a stripper. Yeah. And I did ask, and that is what we're yes. supposed to say. Just so everybody <laughs> knows, and you will hear this in the episode, we got permission. We asked if the word stripper is okay. And she said, yep, stripper, dancer, just never exotic dancer. Yeah. But stripper's totally fine. Yes. And so we were really lucky to get to sit down with our friend Camille and learn. What it's like to uh, to work in the industry. I mm-hmm. thought it was really fun and funny, um, yeah. serious at times. But there's definitely some stuff I I learned, like that you are allowed to touch the dancers in Oregon, but don't. But like, yeah, technically by law you can. Yeah, but don't. But don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not without consent. But yeah. But yeah, I no. Know. I think it was. I think you know it was a really great interview. Um, she had a lot of knowledge about the the that type of world and that type of industry and um yeah i learned a lot about strippers and what now when i walk into a strip club i'll have a whole different kind of take on it yeah totally so tune in for the next hour you'll learn what it's like to work in the industry you'll learn what to do if you want to be a good customer and get Mm -hmm. good attention Mm -hmm. um and you'll learn what to do if you're thinking about joining the industry um, getting into stripping or dancing yourself plus a lot more just random shit that came out of our brains during the interview and just how how portland is so awesome at fostering our lovely strippers Mm -hmm. (laughs) we love them the whole industry so yeah anyway enjoy this next episode with camille thanks guys thank you welcome camille we're so happy to see you thank you so much I've I've been cracked, but I'm ready. (laughs) Well, we're really excited to have you with us tonight um, to talk about your life as a professional dancer. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited about this topic because I think that dancing, stripping, um, and sex work in general is something that is like so misunderstood and stigmatized maybe not in portland where we live but in like so many other parts of the country good point good point yeah and uh i'm just really excited to have somebody in the industry to talk to about what it's actually like as a job as Mm -hmm. a profession Mm -hmm. you know because i don't think that that's like very well understood absolutely well i'm glad you mentioned portland being that because portland's so much in its own bubble Mm -hmm. 
which uh, yeah in the last couple of years i think there's been like a huge wake-up call of like like people who grew up here lived here i grew up in oregon so there's definitely like we forget that the outside world exists and that i mean dancers are treated a lot differently in other mm-hmm. states mm-hmm. um i mean even just also mentioning like the different laws like how incredibly horophobic the laws are in other states so i definitely want to acknowledge that i have a lot of privilege being a dancer in oregon i mean it like if if you've not dated a dancer your sister has your brother has like everybody knows a stripper here (laughs) i mean yeah it's it's like so incredibly normalized now that um, I don't feel that I have like the same. Mm, what's the word? Um, I'm not. I don't even want to use like like I'm not as marginalized. I think as like a Portland dancer than I think other places are. Like we're very accepting of the industry here. But that's so true. So true. <laughs> um, well, I was gonna say Reno went through like a phase of being into the club oh, right yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. going to the strip pub yeah yes yes oh. yes yeah. going back in the I don't even know if they call it the champagne room anymore <laughs> do they okay yes yes I was, I was like okay let's go back there um but yeah no I had a it was fun it was yeah fun. and I I, I it's funny because, like, before, like, when I was younger, I was always, like, super fucking jealous if my boyfriend wanted to go to the strip club, you know? And then as I got older and I stepped into myself, into my womanhood, I'm just like, oh, no, these women are beautiful. And I like seeing them, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love and, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. a great couples activity. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite date night. <laughs> it's so when So I moved here 14 years ago from Arizona, and the culture is really different in Arizona And I remember when I moved here, I was like, oh, my God, there are so many strip clubs. And then I was like, it's almost just like it's like just going to a bar with a little bit something extra. We're like bartenders. But then I did get too too casual with it Um, (laughs) when my like I sort of had that realization of like, oh, it's just a bar with like an extra little like razzmatazz Uh, when I was visiting Portland, deciding to move here. (laughs) Then when I did move here. My God, my little brother moved me up, like drove up with me. And so then we were like, what should we do? I didn't know anybody here yet. And I was like, oh, you know, there's this one bar that I went to last time I visited, which was Union Jacks, um, (laughs) which is for people not in Portland, a strip club here in Portland. And I was like, let's just go there. It was really fun. So my dumbass like went to a strip club with my little brother when I first got here. And then Great family activity. I love it. And then we realized it was awkward as soon as we got there. And then it got a little bit even worse because this woman who we both knew from Tucson was working no, there no and came shit. up and then we Small looked at each other world. and we were like, oh no, this is bad. This is really bad. We got it. Like we definitely shouldn't be here. We left and went to the tube or something, but I would just, I, I just, I got too casual with it too fast because I just had this like image of like, oh yeah, it's just like, that's just what bars are in Portland. So it's got know, a, it's a very bar casual feel. Here. Yeah. Well, in yeah. Portland is a little unique in that, um, a lot of strip clubs have cheaper drinks than normal bars. So Ooh, Union tip. Jack specifically, which is where I danced for two years. Um, is like it's a hangout bar. I mean, you go and you have a drink. Um, it's it doesn't have like a strip club feel, which I do like about it, you know. Um, but in general, like strip clubs 
it's not super different from a bar. Like, there's just not a huge difference. So I know what you mean. Like, it's really easy to get very casual. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, and where that is located, you're just, like, walking on the strip. You know what I mean? There's multiple bars. Yeah. And, like, and you, sometimes when you think about strip clubs, some of them are, like, out in the, like, middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, the one that is kind of, like, Dusty oh. Donish. <laughs> yeah, the vegan, oh, yeah. The vegan yeah. one. Diablo. Yes, yeah. thank and you. And they have two now, I guess. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Dusty so I was like, because I, I live out, well, we live out here in you know, so anyway, but, um, but yeah, you could just totally walk in and be like, oh, okay, well, look at this, you yeah. know, I'll have a drink in here. And- There's some naked people yeah. in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Some of them even have like lunch buffets here, which blew my mind. The, the club culture is just really, really different in mm-hmm. Phoenix and Scottsdale uh, and even Tucson, where I lived for a really long time. It's it's extremely casual yeah. here, which is not always something I love, to be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I love that, but like, well, say more. Like Because, it, wait, look, tell me if I'm wrong, but Oregon, Portland, you can drink and be fully naked as opposed to other states. You cannot have both. Right? You're so right. And that's something okay. that a lot of people don't know. Like, Oregon has very lax strip club laws. Mm-hmm. Um one thing I always like to tell people is that so every state has different laws as far as nudity and um, even like physical touch. So Oregon, legally, you are allowed to touch. Um, obviously, nothing that would be considered. I hate using the word prostitution. That's the legal definition of it. Like I in my from my understanding, prostitute, the word prostitute is a slur and it's, you know, not a respectful word to use about that profession. But in the terms of the law, mm-hmm. you know, you can't touch genitals. Um, that would get you arrested. But we can, you know, you're allowed to touch breasts. You're allowed to touch butt. Mm-hmm. There's one state. And oh, my God, I wish I Googled this. And I don't know where it is. <laughs> but I know it's somewhere in the South because, of course. And legally, you cannot be touched by a customer unless they are related to you. I hit you not. Okay, that's well, a real fucking law written that's in. Insane. I know, right? So like, there's there's some crazy fucking laws, and then a lot of states. Um, it has to do with clothing, and you know, it's pretty common that you have to cover three quarters of your butt cheek. Um, so yeah, like just the amount. <laughs> how, do you you have to, how do you measure that? They like, do. Oh. They measure. They they whip out that ruler. It's. <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's wild. I think yeah. that I might have some outfits where I'm not sure even three quarters of my butt cheek is covered yeah. when I'm just that I've little seen them, skirt yeah. that I like. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that's wild. Yeah. That's yeah. Wild. It can wow. be really interesting. Yeah. And then with like mixing in alcohol on top of it, because there are like juice Liquor. bars, right? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Well, I worked at a juice bar my first three years of dancing. Okay. Um, and it, it, it is a little more unique. Uh, Oregon, I mean, nude clothed whatever it is you can sell liquor mm. you can be naked mm-hmm. um but you know there's some other like the juice bar that i worked at they were open until five in the morning oh, okay. which they can do because they don't have liquor right. but huh. right okay. okay yeah so Was- washington has got some of the strictest laws in that um they cannot be fully hmm, don't call me on this but i think um i know they can't sell liquor in strip clubs in Washington. Mm. So any club that you go to in Washington, even like Seattle, um, they don't sell liquor. Um, so that's why a lot of Washington dancers will come to Oregon to dance because there's just better money here. Yeah. That's People crazy. I mean, it's just like putting that like moral panic on it. Like, yeah. ooh, we can't do two sinful things at once. We can't look at yeah. beautiful naked 
women and also be drinking. You got one or the other. <laughs> yeah, yes. Exactly. Well, that's interesting to hear that you started at a juice bar. I wondered mm-hmm. if you could maybe explain what that means because like I'm actually unfamiliar with this oh, term yes. myself and then would love to hear like how did you – even get started in the industry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll I'll wrap it all into one story. I was 19 when I started dancing. Uh, my house had burned down. I lived with my mother and sister, and we had we got into quite a difficult situation um, of my mom's ex boyfriend, who was very abusive, and it turned into us moving into a one bedroom house, the three of us. And I slept on the futon that my uncle had bought us because it was the only piece of furniture we had after the house fire. Um, I I mean, it it was a really dark spot in our lives. Like I slept on a couch for a year. Um, And then I had a friend's older sister. Her name's Amy. I so I hope if Amy, you ever hear this, I thank you. I love her. She obviously knew that we'd lost everything and she brought me trash bags of clothes and all sorts of stuff and she threw in a pair of stripper heels she danced and she said hey like if you want to get out of the situation here's some stripper heels here's some stripper outfits you can go audition and so i did and i used those pink pleasers they were so (laughs) trashy and i went into the only club that i could dance at and it was an 18 and up club so they hire 18 and up. They don't sell alcohol. Um, they sold like Red Bulls and naked oh smoothies God. for 10 bucks. You know, like it was, they had chicken pot pies and taquitos. And oh, shit. I mean, it was, I, I really don't give a shit. This club sucked. The management was awful. They really preyed on um, dancers who had never danced before. Um, it was a lot of, you know, just turned 18. A lot of the customers really liked that. Mm. I remember turning 20 and being told that I was too old for Jerry. Jerry. He liked Fuck him fresh Jerry. and 18. <laughs> <laughs> he sucked. Um, Jerry, if you're listening. <laughs> we hate you. Yeah, yeah he, he was about. So, I mean, it was it was incredibly predatory um and but i didn't know any better and i still really like i made a lot of it i was able to get out of the situation i was in i was able to help my mom and sister get out of the situation they were in um yeah it saved my life it Mm -hmm. totally just changed my world and in that way i'll be grateful to this shitty juice bar in salem oregon (laughs) (laughs) um do you remember your first dance oh my god was it, how, how did you feel? You know, oh I do. I do. I remember. So when I started dancing, I had armpit hair. Mm-hmm. I had leg hair. I had a full bush. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I won't conform. I'm going to be me. And I went on stage. I remember a customer asking, like, do you want to lap dance? I don't know if he asked me or I asked him, whatever. But it was set up. And I went to meet him and I was waiting. And I remember Diamond finding him. And then he told me, no, I'm going to get a dance with Diamond instead. She ended up being one of my friends later on. Um, and she's really good at what she does. But I, that was like, I mean, my first 20 minutes of being in that club was rejection. Mm. And I remember that. And I, I handled it really well. Like, I think I was just like, oh, yeah, sure. Whatever. That's fine. Um, I think I was pretty, like, accustomed to rejection from day one like I was not like a cute kid growing up I was like determined to like I don't want to say conform but like to mold myself into being something that 
would make me money and like be profitable but it was not a good first night and i remember being so stuck like if i made a hundred dollars i would look at me go mama like i made it it was really exciting for me i went to canada like after my third shift or something because i made like three hundred dollars and i thought i could afford to like go party in vancouver i know (laughs) she's international now well that's really interesting you know that made me wonder like how do you decide what your look or your aesthetic is going to be because there is there is you know this there's men out there that have this like really stupid patriarchal Mm -hmm. like misogynistic Mm -hmm. image of what like a hot lady is Mm -hmm. And you don't get to pick the customers coming in. So, like, how do you decide what your look and your vibe is going to be in a way that stays true to yourself but also makes money? Because, like, most people that go to clubs, I'm guessing, are, are, like, men. Most, yeah. Um, And a lot of them, a lot of men just have dumb ideas about what our bodies are supposed to look like, what we're we're supposed to look like. And you're selling, you're selling them a fantasy. Like that's Mm -hmm. part of like how you make money. So I'm Mm -hmm. curious, like, how do you stay true to who you are? And then also like find, like find the customers that match with that. I'm really glad you asked that question because I, I thought about that today. Um, at this point in my career, kind of my look has been like I did end up I wouldn't say that I conformed for men. I ended up shaving most of my body hair because I really just wanted to. One day I kind of thought like I'm only doing this because I feel like it proves my feminism. And then I was like, no, I don't need body hair. Like it doesn't matter what my body hair looks like. (laughs) I am still like, yeah, like I so I got over that pretty quickly. I shaved. I started making a lot more money. And, <laughs> and, but like, you know, over the years, my style has always been very casual. Like I wear a beanie every night. That's like my look. I'm the bitch with the beanie. Um, I wear a lot of street clothes. Like I'm not very glam. Like I don't yeah. do a lot of makeup. And I recently got hired at a new club um, and they are very glam. And they told me I actually I went in for my audition today and they were like, <laughs> You're gonna need to make a little more effort on your hair, honey. Like, let's, like let <laughs> me show. It. Like, I mean, it's not bad, but it's not good. Like they, but they really expect. They're like, we're a gentleman's club. But I started thinking, how do I maintain my individuality while also performing to the expectation that they have? Because I do want that. Like, yeah, if I need to conform for money, I will. Because. I mean, unfortunately, that's the reality that we live in. But I think so much of it is just my personality. Like, I will never conform my own morals or my values. Um, I think looks are so temporary. Mm. I can dress up for one night. I don't need to look like a stripper all of the time. And I don't. Like, people are shocked when I tell them I'm a stripper, which I almost think is offensive. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Well, but, yeah, because it comes from like that shock comes yeah. from like a very stereotypical idea yeah. of what a woman that is a stripper mm-hmm. or a totally. dancer is, which is like steeped in a whole bunch of other yeah. shit we don't have time to unpack. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's so much of it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I've I've just decided that I can physically conform. I can wear certain outfits. I can do my makeup and hair a certain way. But at the end of the day. I still get to be myself. And anytime I'm not in the club, I get to look how I, I get to dress how I want to dress. Um, unfortunately, we do, like as dancers, if you want to make money, you're going to have to conform to a certain look. But I will say, 
Portland is a great city. I mean, I know so many dancers who kill it with shaved heads, which mm. we know is, you know, very atypical for, you know, I don't want to say the male gaze because I feel like that sounds so glorious, Steinem fem- feminism. But like, you know, like, yeah, that's very unexpected. Like yeah. that very heavily tattooed, shaved head, crazy piercings, um, more like alternative body types. Like I think strippers traditionally have been like very voluptuous, big tits, big ass. Portland is a city in which like I know a lot of strippers that don't have tits and don't have an ass. And like they still are allowed to express their femininity and be paid for it. So I don't know. Yeah, like that that look has never worked for me. I've really never been um confident enough to try it but i really think that no matter what you look like i think you can always maintain your individuality as a dancer yeah for sure i think um thank you for sharing all of that and like conforming as opposed to like i am deciding this is what this is the place i want to work and Mm -hmm. yes this is what i have to wear like with any job right you have to wear a uniform you have to act a certain way there's certain like you know you have to be a certain way and it doesn't mean that changes who you are individually i mean of course if that like you know fucks with your morals or whatever like doing bad things that you're like no i don't want to do that shit but you know um just having fun with it and just like yeah fuck it i'm just gonna play play around and dress up and be a different person tonight. Well, I think I can still like look traditionally hot and also be like a gross garbage person on the inside and be like ridiculous. And it works. Yeah. And I'm like very bold about like my political views. And and honestly, I do find that that works to my benefit most of the time because I'm really good at arguing and they love that. They're just like, oh, oh, she got a brain. What? Um, So, yeah. Maybe the idea that like a dancer has to look a certain type of way just really isn't true. And Absolutely. that's kind of radical. Like it yeah, there is something like is. kind of radical about like going on stage, doing your thing, dancing with your shaved head, mm-hmm. with your body, however it looks. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways that a person's body can be sexy. Yeah. There's so many different ways that like sexiness can come through and come across that doesn't mm-hmm. have to fit this like I don't know, like really like Cosmo. Yeah. Like 90s Kathy Ireland hot idea and so <laughs> big I hair, big tits. Yeah. yeah, so oh, like so <laughs> I I just I love hearing how you have maintained your sense of you mm-hmm. on stage and like that there are dancers out there um who who do that and make money mm-hmm. and i don't want to gloss over that like i don't want to gloss over the point that like people of all genders can be dancers yeah well and i will say most of the trans by bi- non-binary trans dancers that i know in portland do use she her pronouns at work because you know unfortunately like if you divulge that information to clients like you're opening yourself up to violence mm. and I mean, like not spending money argument like I mean, yeah. they can just be a lot of people have zero understanding about it, and they go into a strip club and they think like woman, woman, vagina. And God. they don't like consider that like so many of these people. I think Portland is one city, though. Like I know spe- there are certain clubs in Portland where like they specifically promote their dancers using their correct pronouns, which nice. I do think is like very important and really respectable. Um, so it is nice that there's a little more expression for like 
expression of gender free freedom for expression of gender in the city yes, yeah for sure so you know that just all of that just had me really thinking and wondering about how not just how do you represent yourself as yourself even within like the confines of the job but also how do you set clear boundaries with clients. And even when you were mentioning up at the beginning that in Oregon, uh, people can touch you. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually Me realize either. that. Like I, I always thought that like touching a dancer was like an absolute no go. Which is great. That's so, how we should all think. Okay. Yeah. So like <laughs> I'm just held holds otherwise. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like how do you set boundaries with customers? And then similarly, like with club owners and other dancers and like, all, it seems like an environment where consent and like, personal space could go out the window in the hands of like toxic people really easily. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's why I thrive in this job. I think that was like something, one of the first really cool things I learned about myself. I was like, damn, I'm really good at setting boundaries and I'm very clear. And I think that's why I've had such success in this industry. Um, The touching thing, it's such a sensitive topic because every dancer has different rules for themselves. So, you know, I know many dancers who ask their clients to sit on their hands. And a lot of clients I know are very respectful of that. Um, My favorite clients are ones that just do it themselves. Mm. And then, you know, after (laughs) however much money, I'm like, all right, you can touch my tits. Um, But that, I mean, that is my choice that I make. Um, And it's, I mean, I'm I'm a very like touchy-feely person. So from the get-go, I was kind of like, yeah, that's something I'm, that was a boundary that I've always been okay with. Um, I noticed that when I worked in Salem, it was so frequent that customers would push my boundaries, whether that's trying to put their fingers inside of me oh or licking me, biting me, choking me. Um, and biting? this is, I, yeah, oh my God, the things that they will do is crazy. Fucking Salem, dude. I swear to God, it's Salem though, because I moved to Portland. That's true. I noticed, I was like hardly at, so I was at Union Jacks for two years. There was one instance in which a customer tried to lick my asshole and it was so empowering because I was like, all right, you're done. And he said, that lap dance was really boring. (laughs) Well, had you been respectful, it would have been a little spicier, but I... You know, I think I think there's I think customers in Portland kind of know that they're held to a higher standard because our security is just a little more on it. Mm. Uh, when I worked in Salem, I did work in a club where the owner would take or the manager, I'll say, would take the customer side always. He oh routinely told dancers, if you do not tell them explicitly that they cannot touch your vagina, why would you expect them not to? I mean, just incredibly what? victim blaming. He... <laughs> I, (laughs) explain my face. I no, it was, but I didn't. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know how wrong that was until I left. I really thought that was just part of the job. And fortunately, you know, I'm really good at someone. Someone does something, and I say, nope, that's not allowed. And if they continue to try it, I'm usually pretty lighthearted about it, and I will just like physically move them. One move I really like to do is flicking them on the forehead like a dog, um, and they're pretty. receptive to that to be honest um but yeah I mean it's incredible I think the most devastating part of it is like yes it's one thing for customers to try and push your boundaries after you've told them what they are because I'm very clear I say I specifically say you cannot touch my genitals 
And I had to say that because I used to say no-nos and guys would try and like mm. go like, well, but you didn't say this. So, you know, I'm, I'm very clear. Um, and this this owner, like I'm almost I'm not even as mad as at the customer as I am at this manager who would just constantly take mm. the customer aside. And I thought that was so fucked up because, first of all, these are dancers who maybe just turned 18 yesterday. Like, in my eyes, like, that's still a child. I was a child when yeah. I started dancing, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, and so, luckily, like, I'm a pretty outspoken person and I'm very blunt. But think about how many people aren't. Or think about how long it took us to figure out our boundaries and how to speak our mind and how to not feel like I'm yeah. a bitch for saying this. I mean, it, it's it's just super fucked up and I will forever detest that manager forever making however hundreds hundreds of dancers feel like that that's so fucked up I yeah know, right? that's it's so fucked yeah. up really horrible and it would be Ugh. yeah i mean gosh i'm thinking back to when i was 18 like i had a hard time setting boundaries just in like dating mm, or yeah. and at work like yeah. and the way that no, you're late yeah, I mean, God, last week's episode was on boundaries, and it was Raina and I being like, oh, my God, we are just now figuring out what boundaries 40s, are. And I'm like, huh. Well, and God, it just makes me think about how easy it is to exploit your labor mm-hmm. and how yeah. few protections are in place, like how mm-hmm. few protections exist mm-hmm. um, in the industry to protect people from yeah. just really obviously not okay yeah so i mean fuck dude you're already like dancing naked for these people what what else do you want what else do you want motherfuckers i know yeah no it's it's i mean now that i like have some time away from it and i've been in portland for a bit like i i think i'm like how fucked up was that like i'm just so disgusted that they get to get away with that and then it makes me think because we live in Oregon I'm like how many other small towns how many other young dancers does this happen to and I I don't know yeah it's it's really disheartening and I feel like I have so much privilege that I work Union Jacks for example we have panic buttons in every lap dance room we have a Mm. button that we press damn I only accidentally pressed it one time and it sends (laughs) off an alarm and it scares everyone in the club and we have a bouncer that comes and checks on us and they will always take our side and I I mean as it should be right yeah of course manager in Salem (laughs) we're not lying about it if someone tries to finger us or just do anything that's past our boundaries you know like we why would we lie about that we want to keep making money we want to keep selling dances we're not going to try and get someone kicked out of the club that spends money because we're trying to uh i don't know start shit absolutely not yeah i think that's where like the lines get blurry for customers where they forget that you are when you're visiting a club you are visiting people at their job at their workplace they are working. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You you are a customer and you're not entitled to any part to every part of somebody's body just because their job their job involves also mm-hmm. being naked. Yeah. I know. No, I mean That's really so, like disrespectful and they Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm sure like talking about some of the judgmental jerks or <laughs> yeah. on our list. I know? like this point. <laughs> yeah. Very you know, excited. How, you know, if you're a stripper, then you obviously don't respect yourself anyway. Mm. So I can just like 
do oh whatever the God. fuck I want. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there are those people. That There's a yeah, lot of that narrative. Things, right? But they, they have no idea of how many customers really do respect us and are perfect. I think there's kind of this assumption that well, I'm paying money for this. This is what I should get. Right. And if I don't get this, then it's a waste of money. Whereas I have had I mean, I, I have great regulars. I have kind, lovely, respectful people who would just sit on their hands. They'd, they'd fucking pay me just to look at my face and for me to spit in their mouth. Like, they're <laughs> fine. There are so many people who are willing to respect those rules. And yeah. that is worth their money. Like, I mean, for me, like when I go to the club as a customer, I'm there for the show. Like, a lap dance to me is a show. Like, if you let me touch your nipple, what a privilege. Thank you. God bless you. But like, I would never expect that from a dancer. And I would never, I wouldn't expect anything other than to smell you and to <laughs> look at you up close. That's what I want. Well, that was one of our questions was like, what makes a good customer? Mm. Like, what are the behavior expectations? If you want to have the dancer at your local club, like, be nice to you, like, treat you well, give you mm -hmm. a good show. Like, what behavior is, I don't, like, ex ideal? Ideal. Yeah. That's a great question. I mean, well, I think about some of my best regulars that I've had um, who, first of all, one thing I think is great is if you sit and talk to a dancer and you like them and you had a really good conversation. I'm not saying someone came up to you and like, hey, how you doing? You want to get a dance? No, thank you. Okay, goodbye. Like, I mean, yeah, it would be lovely for you to tip that person. But if you sit and really talk to someone and this dancer, like, shares some of herself, tip the dancer. Give her money. Give them money. You know, I, I think an ideal customer, I, I've had customers who I sit and talk to them for, I don't know, 30 minutes and they give me a $100 bill and that's beautiful. And I love it. And I understand that not everyone can afford that sure. for sure. And I'm not saying you need to be rolling in it to go to the strip club. But if you know you're going, know how much money you have and base your time off of that. So, you know, tipping at the stage, you should never tip less than $5 per song, in my opinion. I really think that that's, that's the standard. That's how you'll get attention. I think another way to just be, you know, a good customer um, is understanding that our time has value. You know, if you see that the club is really busy and maybe you've run out of money, let let them go. Let them fly. Let them go make their money because that's, I mean, literally every minute that we work is potential to earn. So yes. I guess, I mean, those are kind of the things that automatically come to mind. Just I love gifts. Just don't be a dick. Don't be, I mean, really, that's the bare minute. Just don't <laughs> be a dick. Don't, you know, be cheap. Don't be shitty. Don't get too drunk. Uh, oh, Please don't scream at the stage. Woo! What? Oh my God, you're pussy! You're pussy! I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere. You know, the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. 
And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples. And so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. But what I think is a great piece of advice is you don't go to the strip club to hang out at this. You you go based on your money. So like, let's say, you know, you got $20. You can probably stay for two stage sets. So pick out your two favorite dancers, go to their stages, and then go home. Go home. I mean, the strip club is a, lux- a luxury. So like, yeah. I don't go when I can't afford it. And I do, you know, I, I do really well. But like, if I'm not fully willing to spend X amount of dollars... It's not my place to go. I should just go to a bar. I should yeah. just go somewhere else. I think I think in Portland specifically, it's really easy because it's just such a fun activity. And like, I love for my friends to come and visit me. Like, I, I want them to. I don't care how broke they are. I'm like, just come and look at my butthole. That's super fun. I love it. <laughs> so like, that's kind of, you know, I don't mind it. But I think like, if you're, if you're a dude, if you're a dude going by yourself, like, you better have it on you. Yeah. You got to have it. You got to save up. It's Christmas. <laughs> there you go. Um, so can we go into like this? Um, I don't know. Is there like a dark side of the strip club? You know. For sure. Okay. Oh, my God. This is like, you know, people. I don't know. You see it on TV. You see yeah. It in the movies. You see all yeah. this fucked there's up a lot shit. Of, there's a like, lot around it. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable sharing some? Yeah, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this, but I do feel that it is my responsibility. I, like many other dancers, had a cocaine phase. I think it's really easy to get into it. You know, it was weird. It wasn't that I was like doing it with customers. I was buying it by myself and doing it in the bathroom in secret and then just 
talking everyone's ear off and like not making money, wasting time. Um, like I, I had, I had my phase and I, I mean, it, I'm not going to say it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's such a temptation every night. It's so easy to get into it. No. I mean, now in my career, like I wouldn't know where to find it and I, I don't know about it. I think it's just, I, I'm a natural addict. Like I'll probably find it no matter what job I'm in. Um, and, you know, cooks, bartenders, mm-hmm. super common in those industries. I don't think it's specific yeah. to dancing, but I think if you are seeking it and you want it, yeah. it's easier to find. Mm-hmm. And it's more socially acceptable. I mean, like, yeah, you're not going to get in trouble. It's not like, um, well, shit, it's not like, yeah, n- nursing or teaching where, like, yeah, they're going to notice if you're really high on cocaine. Yeah. And dancing, yeah. it's like you can kind of fly under the radar and, like, yeah, it's a little easier to do it in VIP rooms. So I think I think that's the main one. It's really easy to get into drinking very regularly. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful I started at the juice bar because it taught me how to do the job sober. Yeah, mm. that's what I was going to say. Damn, like there's yeah. like, you know, this um, idea that you have to be fucked up to do yeah. this job. And some do. Some do. And you know, I used to I used to say like if you can't do this job sober then you probably shouldn't do this job. Which is so right. But so. I don't know. You know, no, a lot of people I don't know. A lot of people do need that. And if that's what they yeah. need and if this is the job that they need, I mean, fuck, like yeah. I'm providing yeah. for myself. I don't have I don't have kids. Yeah. I don't have a husband. Mm-hmm. I don't like I'm pretty I I'm the only one I'm responsible for. I can understand why a lot of these people need substances to get through the shift because it is if you don't want to do this job, I think it is I don't want to say degrading, but I think it can be degrading if you don't want to do this job. Totally. If you're doing something you don't want to do that, you feel like morally like if you feel I mean, a lot of people do feel like they're selling themselves by doing this job. So I get like, yeah, you want to get drunk. You want to get fucked up. Sure. And I have no judgment for that. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was it might just be the nature of the dancers who I know and who I'm friends with who are like just really like their job. Yeah. But are there a lot of people doing it who wish they weren't? Yeah, I I've met I've met a couple people. Um Yeah, that it's complicated. I think in Salem just because there's so much more stigma um, mm-hmm. against it. There were a lot of people that felt ashamed of it. Um, they didn't want people to know they did it. They felt like they were doing something bad. Like they would get in trouble for it, um, which made me sad. I mean, I think I, I had some of those feelings at some point because I grew up in a family that was, yeah, super disappointed when I did this job. Um, but... I think in Portland, it's a little less. Honestly, I think a lot of people in Portland start doing the job because it's okay and it's acceptable. And mm-hmm. and there, it's almost kind of a point of pride. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a stripper. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm cool now. And mm. I, I don't know. There's like, it is a hard fucking job. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and I mean in that, like, if you don't want to do it, this makes you feel like sh- there are some nights that I dance and I think, oh, my God, this is what my parents think. I do. You know, like this is how my parents think of my job. Like it feels shameful. Um, so I do come across I'd say more often than not. I people like their jobs and, and they're happy. Um, but it is it's extra hard when you meet someone that doesn't want to do that job. Yeah. I mean, I think just in our society in general, like our culture is of 
the the idea of what a stripper is or what their life is mm-hmm. or whatever, you know what I mean? It can make it all fucked up in your mind when you are yeah. when you're like, no, I actually like my job yeah. and I want to like show my body and yeah. like have a good time and make fucking money. And then, but you have all the, you know, all mm-hmm. the fucking shit talking too. Yes. That's like, of course, in your head, how could it not be, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's like, um, I could only see it as just not a constant battle, but it is something that's probably uh, weighs on people's minds mm-hmm. more so. Um, because how can you like fight about against like doing something that you actually like doing? You see no, no problem Mm -hmm. doing it. And, but then like, there's so much stigma and shit talking about it that you're just like, fuck. It's (laughs) hard to differentiate. Like, do I feel bad about this or is it society that has told me to feel bad about this? Um, cause yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That is a constant battle, but I think that's really most things. Like I think about, like, I didn't go to college. Like, do I want to go to college or do I just hear my family telling me go to college? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a me thing. That's not like no, but I think it's it's relatable because there's a lot of people that no matter what you're doing or whatever you find joy, some people find joy in things that people just don't understand, and then they feel shamed for it because people don't understand how could you find joy out of this? I don't, you know what I mean. But it's like, um, (laughs) I'm not. I'm living my life. You know what I mean? Like, let me do Mm -hmm. me and. But it is hard when you're like conditioned or you grow up and if you have a family that is like. Like you said, like, yeah. what are you doing, you know, Camille? But you're like, I'm doing me and I mm-hmm. full, fully support this. Yeah. Please, thank you. You know, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just. No, and when I've, I've been thinking about that a lot because I felt I work usually like three days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't work a lot of hours during the week. And I felt this like guilt. I'm like, I have too much time off. I have too much time to do stuff that I want. And then I realized, so I was like, I should, I should be in college. I should work five days a week. I should work at nine to five. And I realized I don't want that. Yeah. I just feel that my family has pressured me from day one that mm-hmm. that is what success is. Right. But if I can thrive working like 20 hours a week, I should. Yeah, that's I a dream. Should. <laughs> like, yes, you should. <laughs> yes, you I should. I will like, allow myself to. Don't let capitalism or yeah. second wave mm-hmm. feminists yes. or misogynistic yeah. men. Like yeah. brainwash you into thinking that you shouldn't. And, you know, I think it's also like it's just the double bind that women and femme presenting people find ourselves stuck in where it's like be sexy but not too sexy. Yeah. And how dare you be liberated. Make, how dare you make liberated. money off of your sex appeal but also how dare you not look how I want you to look. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like the, I don't know, the politics of the job mm-hmm. just fully yeah. encapsulate like this like horrible double bind that I think that we find ourselves stuck in. And so at the end of the day, I I always land on do what the fuck feels fucking good to yeah. you. Yeah. And fuck everybody else. Like, it's, it's almost so much harder than because I, I always felt like that. I always like my whole life was like, yeah, fuck everyone else. I'm going to do me. But like when it really comes down to it, I'm like, I have a really hard time with that because yeah. I do feel a lot of pressure from society. Mm to that I'm I'm not doing enough. I'm not a I'm not a productive enough member of society. So how do you I navigate how do you navigate that judgment? It makes yeah. me think about like the people who are like judgmental about the work mm-hmm. 
um, you know, there's the men that come in that like simultaneously want to like objectify and degrade. Mm -hmm. Like that's one dynamic that like you have to deal with. Okay. And I also wonder what you would want the people who know truly nothing about the industry, have never gone to a club, or are jealous that their boyfriend wants to, or are like, you know, Tina Fey, again, like second wave feminists that are really judgmental about the work. What do you want to say to those people? Or what do you want, like the people that are just judgmental when they hear the word yeah. strip, strip club, yeah. strip club, ooh, yeah. to like to know or understand? Because I feel like there's a lot of very misguided, very mm-hmm. insecure, fear-based thinking that exists out there fear-based thinking absolutely oh i have so many words for tina fey um yeah i think that it has broken my heart when i all these um women that i looked up to especially comedians um i loved tina fey i loved Wait, Gloria what happened with tina fey what ha- sorry I she's missed it. Uh, well she she says that women again i'm gonna correct people that do sex work are um just kind of giving themselves up for men and um, broken and broken. Oh. We've yeah. been molested. Oh. Yeah. I mean, she, she Come said on. some pretty unkind things. I won't quote anything cause I really don't know, but I remember reading. Well, I remember I tried to watch 30 rock and one of the first episodes is them at the strip club. And she says something like she, she hands a stripper a couple dollars and she says something like you should really go to college. Yeah. Um, and which, she also says like, cause I, uh, one of the like actors on her TV show wants to go to the strip club and she goes, let's go see some naked moms and daughters. Like she's, she is so personally uncomfortable with the idea of a, of a woman being sexual. Mm -hmm. She's just, super horophobic and it's sad because i really used to like her me too, me too. well i, I know now. until this moment well, and it was hard and i'm you know yeah. i'm very like there, i mean there's lots of people that i you know differ opinions with in hollywood that i still really like and you know i love i love movies i love film i love comedy um but that one like hurt it hurt my heart it made me cry you know mm. and i because i think i i realized like oh my god if I met you, I'd be so excited, but you would hate me. You would hate everything I stand for. And that breaks my heart. And really what I think it is, is Tina Fey was not an attractive person growing up and feels incredibly jealous of women okay, that can profit off either. of... Well, neither was I. So. Neither was we I. Did the work. But I did the work. We did the work. Exactly. No, yes. truly. Some people don't do the work to heal themselves on the inside. Absolutely. So they yeah. continue to like talk shit about people and they're so insecure. Yeah. Literally inside themselves that they have to do this. Yeah. Shame other yeah. women. It's so disappointing. And I will say, I also, I had a completely different body when I started dancing. I was not conventionally attractive. I did it because I had an ungodly amount of confidence in myself and was way too mentally ill and was like, I'm going to do it. Fuck it. Cause I was very sexually promiscuous and I thought this was like the job for me. Um, but no, like I, it took me a really long time to look the way I did and to have the sex appeal that I do now. Like this, it was not natural to me. Um, and I think Tina Fey and other like third, is it second wave or third wave? Second wave feminists. Other like just second the wave. generation right before me, basically. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're very much like um, you are exploiting yourself to benefit men. And what I have to say to that is, first of all, so what if they are? Because I think that women and other femme presenting people deserve to make just as much money. I think there should be some occupation that you 
have the upper hand to men. And sex work is one of the only jobs in which they do. So if that's how they make their money, that's how they make their money. And I think that yeah. these feminists should let them. And also, I want to I think I think that that type of feminism has turned into another type of feminism, which is that like, yeah, fuck men take all their money. They're all pieces of shit. I don't think that either. I actually really love sex work has given me compassion for men that I didn't have before. Um, I think and also I think that is an incredibly homophobic statement to make because a lot of my customers are queer. I have a lot of couples. I have a lot of queer people. And I think that they're really forgotten about because there's this like idea that like customers who come to the strip club are lonely, ugly, pieces of shit. They have to pay for it. But no, absolutely not. Like, I mean, I think about Mac Miller who um, passed away a couple years ago and he uh, was given counterfeit drugs by a sex worker. He mm. paid a sex worker to come to his home, and Mac Miller is someone that could probably get any pussy he wanted, but he still chose to see mm-hmm. sex workers. And so I think that's like a really important perspective for people to have that like people don't come to sex workers out of desperation. They come because we're interesting people, we have value, we are really hot, and Sometimes that is the kind of relationship that people want, like a mm-hmm. no strings attached, very clear, boundaried relationship. Totally. And you're, yeah. you meet them on this whole different energy level, you know, and I think a lot of people are curious to, to, to experience that and to feel that mm-hmm. and experience that within themselves. You know, I mean, I can speak for myself when I went to strip clubs is just like, it was yeah, I met a different part of myself, yeah. inside of myself, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I'm the experimentation. like experimentation. Yeah, yeah, like, totally. And it's not dirty or shameful or gross or whatever. Like it's just like curiosity, yes, and, and like learning about yourself and learning. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, like it's, it's meeting cool people. Yeah, it's like, all about like being like super fucking vulnerable to just like mm-hmm. go there and, and show your face, show yourself, yeah. and like be there in that moment and like whatever. If you want to see dark light, whatever, you know what I mean? It's just, it just is, you know, and it, it's there yeah. and it's intriguing. You know? It is. Yeah. No, I, I, that's, I guess like the main point I want to make is I think a lot of the judgment of this job comes from people. Um, I don't know, not understanding why people go mm-hmm. to sex workers. Um, I have always really specialized in clientele who have um, mental or physical disabilities where dating and sexual intimacy is not as accessible as it is for able-bodied people um and like i mean fuck like the the amount of lap dances i've given in wheelchairs like Mm -hmm. they're not able to date the same way that we are and i think it is so cruel to tell them that like they don't deserve to do that um or feel they don't deserve intimacy feel that emotion or feel what it feels like to be like attracted you know, and to be know, given just, attention, exactly, to be given that, that like, you're the most important person in the world totally. to me right now, because that's what I want to give my clients out. Like, I want them to know, like, you're important, you're heard, I love you. Like, I have, like, people that will pay me just to say, I love you. And, like, to mm-hmm. sound like I believe it. And I do. Like, I, I want people to feel, not to sound like an incel, but, like, yeah. I do think people deserve some level of intimacy. I'm not saying they need to get laid, but, like, 
No, I agree with you. It's like one, it's, it's our most primal need. Mm, And I think there's also something about like, we have this, like just this puritanical take on sex still in 2021 when I'm like, when sex and sexuality to me, and I've said this before, like to me, it on like in our, in our sex episode, like it's an exploration. It's a, set it's a series of activities full of like a sense of possibility and curiosity mm-hmm. and embarrassment and fun and it's like yeah it's like yeah it's not we treat it we treat sex in this way that is like it's dirty it's a transaction it's a thing you have to do. and i'm like oh my god no it's just it's an exploration or that it should and be so, love yeah, like like yeah. um, oh god sex if sex think, is love fuck i'm fucked well and i i think that's or just like that it needs to have any emotional attachment yeah, and i i know some people just will. fun yeah sorry yeah, I, sometimes it's so just fun that. and right. yeah can we just leave it there you know what i mean like curiosity intrigue just like fun and like mm-hmm. doing some i don't know people People deserve to experiment and find yes. out what they like. And finding parts of yourself. Yeah. Like what you just said a few minutes ago, Raina, I think is so meaningful. Like you're like, ooh, I like got to like go explore a part of myself. Yeah. And the dancers at the places where you were were like facilitating that exploration, which is like, fuck yeah. Like yeah. that's an yeah. am- that's like an amazing like, job. Oh, yeah, she really likes me. <laughs> Did you go I know, with your partner? Huh? Did you go with your partner? Um, no, or did you just I've gone with him before, but no, I went with, I was in a band and I went with some of my bandmates. So you had like a personal exploration. Yeah. Experience? Yeah. Oh we just God, went like, after that. a show and we went what? to Union Jacks. I'm like, was no it you, No shit. Um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but we did go there after a show one night and I was just, I just, I don't know. It was just, um, I love to explore different, yeah, levels of myself or like, go there, you know, like. I think a lot of people is fear-based. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, is this mean I'm this or this or that? You know, it yeah. just means that you're having a good time. It just means that you like right? something. Yes, and there's no shame in that. Exactly. It doesn't have to be any more or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like you're having a good time. Just I'm having a good time with my bandmate. He's obviously having a good time. Okay. <laughs> but There's no commitment in like a yeah. strip club experience, which... I think is awesome because yeah. I think we're really conditioned to need commitment from people and need loyalty and like monogamy, but really like, no, like you get to show up. I get to, I love to go get a lap dance, have the most sensual experience of my life and then go home and fuck my dude. It is fun in that way. You know what I mean? If like at all, like how you perceive everything, right. It's all about perception. I yeah. feel like when it really comes down to it and I don't know. Um, I haven't gone to a strip club in a minute, but I did. I have gone with my partner and I honestly like I'm like, yeah, I do like looking at you, looking at other women. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something about it. I didn't know I knew I was going to like that, but I like it. (laughs) Surprisingly, I know what you mean. And I'm a, I'm a, pretty monogamous person me same do 17 really, years yeah I, oh my gosh wow good for you good for i know you. their relation their I, relationship is incredible i yeah. like I, I think i like the voyeurism of it i love like knowing that my partner is i mean he bartended for years and like i kind of loved people hitting on him mm-hmm. because it was like this oh you're desirable like people want you're on the market and i think that's what he likes about me being a dancer um like you know, at the end of the day, who do I come home to and right. who do I love and who do I like give my heart to? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, because that could be a totally whole other episode of like dating somebody. Who, oh my god, yeah. Who does this line of work, or you know yeah. what I mean? What is that? What is that like? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, Josh and I actually had a whole conversation about it before the podcast because you know I, I was thinking about like the yeah. hard parts of the job and mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's it's a journey. It's a journey. You know, I think that any time that we are put in a position where we have to like actually talk to our partner about why we're with them and mm-hmm. our yeah. boundaries and our commitment to them and then also like our realistic um wander occasional wandering thoughts as just mm-hmm. like human beings. Like yeah, those are yeah. good those are good it's conversations natural. to have. It's so silly to live in this space of like Oh, I'm in a relationship, therefore I, I have suddenly right. I've suddenly developed tunnel vision yeah, where I don't yeah. acknowledge that any other attractive human beings exist. Like and that's where so I used to be it's so funny, I'm so distant from the yeah, young woman I used to be. But when I was in my late teens, early twenties, um, I had a boyfriend who was not great. He was bad in, on a lot of levels. <laughs> And I didn't feel very emotionally safe with him. So that that was probably part of what would come into the mix with this. But he loved going to strip clubs, which he called the jiggle joint, which probably tells you everything you need to know about this horrible, you know, I'm not proud of every person I've ever loved. Also, I think anyone that like loves to go to the strip club in a monogamous relationship is like, I know. And, And I will say I had a huge problem with it but and i projected that problem onto like my idea of the people that were working there mm, yeah where when i if i really think about it now it's like what i had a problem with was being yeah was was being yes was being in a relationship you know was just being in a relationship with this person that didn't respect me didn't respect women didn't respect the boundaries of our relationships because yeah. by relationship because now thing. like my partner now if he was like oh I like went to like such and such strip club I'd be like oh my god tell me everything about like every like gorgeous person that you yeah. saw I wouldn't feel like well first of all he would also like ask me first like how do you feel about that yada yada he's very respectful but I don't it like that energy doesn't exist because I'm just like oh you respect me and yeah. I trust you. There's so much relief in But that. I do think that there's a lot of women that get like really like pent up, angry, mm-hmm. like jealousy that they project onto the person oh, doing the oh, job. Yeah. I, got, that I got a is message actually from an about from oh, a wife no. one time. It's, it's pretty brutal. It's and then about we ended up the being friends. Of, their, <laughs> of course, because you're you. You were probably like, oh my God, girl, tell me everything. I, that's exactly it. And yeah. then you were probably like, oh my God, girl, him. break up with him. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Well, okay, but I will say, I think, I think of the nature of your relationship and the boundaries that you set up sometimes uh, um a partner going to the strip club is cheating if that is the boundary that you've set up sure for sure like i don't know if i i don't understand that because i know the like intricacies of the job and i know like if my partner were to go to the club i don't know i think i think yeah i think if you don't talk to your partner about it and you go yeah that's a little sketchy like it's lying i can see i can see how like um, if your partner goes to the strip club and you feel uncomfortable with that's a very fair boundary. I think that's totally fine because there is you it is intimacy to some degree. Um so 
yeah, I think like I'm not like shitting on these people's partner. Like I know that they're upset and they're hurt because their partners suck and they're liars and they're assholes and, and they come in and spend their money on yeah. me. And that sucks. And oftentimes that's like their family's money that they like they have kids and shit. And that's really sad to me. Sure. And I don't fuck with that. But yeah, I, I got a message from a wife one time and then we end. I was like, girl, like I had no idea. And like, you should leave him. And she was like, yeah, you're right. Like we ended up kind of bonding over <laughs> it. And it was actually a really special moment where I was like, because it had never happened to me before. I've never been like the point of contention in someone's relationship. So I was like, God, I'm so important. Look at me. <laughs> In I a love sadistic that. way. Listen, if your partner wants to go to a strip club, talk with them about it. If they call it a jiggle joint, break up God. with them. Red flag. Yeah. I grew up in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> so I was just Arizona doing bitch. my best. I'm well, so listen, sorry. one thing that I did want to like to take it to make it serious for like one second mm-hmm. is to actually like we touched on this a little bit already, but to really actually talk about the labor issues connected with the work because yes it is fun yes it is a fantasy like it's all of the things we've been talking about and it's also a job that you are performing mm-hmm. um and unfortunately dancers sex workers in general don't have very much job protection and it's stigmatized and disrespected in all the ways that we've talked about, which mm-hmm. can make it dangerous. And so I wanted to just kind of get your take on some of the labor issues mm, connected yeah. to the role and also, um, you know, see if there's anything. Relevant to labor issues to mention here in Portland, where we've had like a recent stripper strike and like this is a city where strippers, dancers, and sex workers are all doing quite a bit of political organizing for Mm -hmm. stronger protections and stronger rights. And I don't want to like make it too serious, but I do think that these are actually like important things to to discuss in any conversation about it. No, I'm really glad you bring this up. I, um, you mentioned stripper strike, uh, who's now, uh, kind of They've they've changed their changed their name to Haymarket Pole Collective, okay, and they so are they're legally it? a nonprofit okay. organization. Yeah. They're associated or they're sponsored by the YWCA. Um, I had the absolute privilege privilege to work with them a little bit and kind of when it had started, and their how that started was, um, I mean, really it started in the George Floyd protests. Okay. Um, uh, the racism in the strip clubs is, I think, especially prevalent in Portland uh, because they are such minorities in the city and the treatment towards black dancers and brown dancers is very obvious. Um, some of the ways, and I'm super glad that you brought this up because now I really want to mention these things. If you are considering dancing and the club tells you that they don't play rap music because they don't want to attract a certain crowd, that's a dog whistle for we don't want black people in our club and you should say goodbye to them. Um, I'm going to call out club 205 because they had an all lives matter thing on their oh, their fucking uh, reader board yeah okay, so don't super go there. trash yeah i'm gonna say please don't go there give all the um, call outs you want yeah thank you thank you i hope i don't get sued i'll be fine i'm not important you enough. can't <laughs> no one can sue you for telling the truth it's true i mean no that is that is what they did um so haymarket poll collective started um and they're 
their goal, which they still currently work on. Uh, I've been a little less involved now, but, you know, creating um, workable conditions for minority dancers. And that means like signing contracts that are fair and reasonable and legal, hmm. because right now uh, most strip clubs um, will have you sign contract contracts that are bullshit. They make no sense. Um, they'll request labor that they cannot ask for. Um, legally dancers are independent contractors, so they cannot tell us when to show up. They cannot tell us what to wear. They cannot tell us how our hair needs to be. Um, they can choose whether or not to hire you based on, you know, like right now I, I auditioned at a new club and, and they do require that your hair is done up and that you wear, you know, your makeup is done, but it has no restrictions based on like the hairstyle. Mm. Like they would not tell black dancers not to wear their hair naturally as far as i understand um but you know a lot of clubs will say that the the rap music is a thing they will ask you they will ask black dancers to wear their hair a certain way um to they'll they will allow i mean one specific instance that i know is our organizer sharing a story about um, a customer calling her the n-word and she was upset and asked this person needs to be kicked out and they wouldn't kick him out. They let this man who called her the N-word. Yeah. I was just, I was so blown away um, hearing black dancer stories in Portland, mm-hmm. um, what they had experienced. I, you know, as a white person, I feel like I'm very much in this bubble. Like I don't see it. And that's the, the typical white stripper experience. We just don't see past it. And so now I really try to like keep my eye out for it. Um, I, I think, Portland strip clubs are on the radar now and I think they're really thinking about how do we treat how do we treat our people and I I think I suggest that they're careful because Haymarket Pole has done so much work to ensure that black and brown dancers are treated with respect they have protection if they're fucked over we're asking for copies of contracts it's it's really cool work and not to mention like all the mutual aid that they've done which i think is amazing and i you know if anything there is a group of people in portland that if you get into a dilemma of contracting or legal issues or racial discrimination you can turn to and there's you know backing to it they've they've the amount of work that they've done in the last year is incredible like it's only existed for a year and they have done so much. They've given so many grants. I mean, mm. it's so this really started with women of color then women it did, of color yes. did start though. Yes. Okay. So, um, and that's great. And I think, um, Haymarket poll. Haymarket poll. Yeah. Okay. We'll give it a yeah. shout out in the and show notes. And it's just, it's cool to know that there's people out there like organizing for rights and actually saying like, yeah. Hey, if you like, try to give someone a fucked up contract, violate your contract. If you do some racist ass shit, if you do shit that hurts vulnerable people, like we have an eye on you. Yeah. Because once again, like this is a job, this is a profession and it needs to be treated as such. I don't want to say regulated as such. Cause I know that like, you know, maybe you don't want like the industry to be over-regulated, but like for sure. Basic protections for workers everywhere. Basic protections is, just like a is literally thing. all that we really ask yeah. for. Um, yeah, like non-discriminatory policies. Non-discriminatory. Did I say that right? Yeah. Discrimi- discriminatory. You got it. Non-discriminatory policies and 
Um, yeah, protection from like racist firings, which are really prevalent. So yeah, you know, yeah. If you if you need someone to have your back, there's a great group of people in Portland who help with that. And there's a couple awesome. other like I know Cupcake Girls does a lot mm. of work. Yeah. Um, and what is it? Um, like the sex worker relief fund or something. Yeah. I mean, I love community organizing. It's amazing. Yes. Makes my heart warm. <laughs> okay. Okay. So our last question for you, and I'm really excited for this one actually, is I do feel like there are a lot of people that are curious about how to get into the industry, how to become a dancer, how to break in. Um, we've already talked about the, fa- the fact that like however you look, whatever, like whoever you are, like there's probably a niche for you. Mm-hmm. But like, um, what advice do you have for people who want to get into dancing at the club <laughs> for money? Yeah, wow. What, Not dancing at question. the club the way me and Raina do on weekends, <laughs> which would for sure earn me zero dollars. I, no, I would tip you. Raina I would, tip would you. Raina would make some money, but <laughs> Raina Raina's fig- figured it out. But what? It, but like no, but like to be serious for a second, like yeah. what advice would you have for somebody that is considering this as a possibility for themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think I think there's a huge disclaimer with that. Um, I think in the really since COVID, I've seen a huge influx of people wanting to join the sex worker industry. I think um, there's been a lot of glamorization about it. I just recently got on TikTok and I've seen how many people post pictures and videos of how much money they make. Um, I think a lot of people think that they can get into the industry to make really quick money. It took me years to get to where I'm at now. I make really good money now and I worked really hard to get there. I didn't always make this money. Um, And I think it's quite naive for people to kind of jump into it. And, um, you know, it's not just about being conventionally attractive. There's um, money management. There's time management. There's um, so much of it is your personality. Yeah, persona. Um, Absolutely. I guess you're pretty in, but can you like work a fucking room? Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, fuck, I think, I think so much of it is, is being a relatable person who they can humanize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's where I've done really well in that. Like I am pretty honest and pretty transparent about like being, uh, just who I am. Like, I'm not really putting on a show. Um, sometimes putting on a show is absolutely the most beneficial and safe way to do your job. But um, I think there's definitely kind of an impression of just walk in and show your pussing. I'm making like all the money. You can't just be like, money, please. Absolutely not. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And I think, I think part of it, too, is all of these people like, fuck men. I just want to take all their money. Like, they're pieces of shit. No. I love my customers and because I love my customers, they treat me very well. And I think this job has given me such compassion for men. Um, A lot of my regulars are also queer people. And I think people, I, I think it's very homophobic to bash on people that come into the club and have this expectation to take their money. Now, like these people work hard for their money too. And you should be grateful for what they give you. 
And also, yeah, lots of queer people come in. Queer people want intimacy too. Um, and I, I think this idea that customers are gross and ugly and just, you know, old white men, that's absolutely not true. Um, there's a huge variety of people that will come Hello. in. Oh, um, I was yeah. This beautiful yeah. baby. So it sounds like part of it is like get really real about what the job is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lower your expectations. Shit. What questions do you have we haven't asked yet? Um, I don't know. I think we've we've covered a lot. A lot. A lot. Yeah. A lot of stuff, definitely for sure. Um Yeah, I mean I'm just so appreciative for you to come on. I mean, I remember talking last season, like, we need to have like is it politically correct to say stripper? Yeah, actually, I did want to ask you. What do I say? Because we we had a whole ass conversation. I was like, I don't know. Do we say this episode's about dancing? Do we say it's about stripping? Do we say it's about sex work? (laughs) Sex work is such an all-encompassing term. I really don't know. And I meant to ask you before we started, and then I forgot. Well, this is a great note to end on. (laughs) Stripper is okay. We're very fine with stripper. The only term that I'm not okay with because i mean exotic dancer is inherently oh, racist yes. i will say no. um <laughs> because uh, black women created pole dancing and really set the tone for the industry so that is not that's like literally the only term but it's so funny when customers are like i don't want to call you a stripper like no right. i'm a stripper like, i flash my dash for cash you're fine <laughs> it's strippers totally fine so thank I you for I asking though top the name of our episode flash for cash cash for cash i like that thank you thank you no thanks actually i was like i totally meant to ask that at the beginning That's but then right. i forgot I, was, I don't know i just wanted to make sure that i'm not you know I'm like in the know. <laughs> I know. But no, I mean, yeah, totally. We we were thinking about this last season, just wanting somebody to come on and talk about this because it's such mm-hmm. a great topic that is so taboo, um, mm-hmm. so stigmatized. And yeah, and it's going to continue to be so until we like bring it to light and talk about it. Right. And For there's sure. fucking nothing wrong with any of this. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm glad we touched base on a lot of topics, a lot yeah. of within the stripping industry um the sex industry which like thank you so much for sharing like uh, you know like your um experiences with other workers and whatnot what their experience Mm -hmm. may have been and because it's true like it's not it's it's all convoluted and like yeah there's so much involved with sex in general it's just so fucked up if you don't know the industry it's really hard to understand it i mean it's not something you can really research mm-hmm. yeah. um but i i every question that you asked was just so considerate and i really appreciate you bringing me on i, I do want to say can i say one last thing of yes because i forgot this if you start dancing don't wear lotion don't wear lotion don't wear lotion don't wear any lotion because it makes the pole slippery and we will <laughs> fall and break our necks so a lot of people think you go Wait, to the strip club you audition where they like so like, I know, I know, and that, and that is it's it's a tricky thing because of that. So what the suggestion is is you wear lotion in the morning, shave your legs in the oh, morning. This is what okay, I do: I shave my legs shade. in the morning. Yeah, I put lotion on, I let it settle for a couple hours, and then I shower right before my shift. Oh, okay. So that's the move, but okay. do not put lotion on before your shift. All right, thank I think, you. I think that is. Is that the pearl of wisdom? Our pearl of wisdom. Pearl of wisdom. <laughs> Our pearl of wisdom for the day is.
don't wear lotion don't wear lotion. or do stay dry baby but wash it off before someone yeah. else could slip on it wash it before you come to the club <laughs> don't put lotion on if you're gonna get on the fucking don't, pole yeah. right? don't put lotion on the pole <laughs> all right and so with that gorgeous pearl of wisdom Raina, <laughs> where can the people find us oh uh, well the people can always find us on the instagram um if you heard of it it's um, literally the only the only <laughs> social media that we bother to put any effort into and what is our handle it's uh shh underscore don't talk about it pod um so you can find us there you can look at our lovely faces there and follow us and like us and all the things all the things and you can if you're old school email us if you have a story to share at info at shh don't talk dot com shh is always s-h-h-h and of course rate review and most importantly subscribe and we will see you next week thank you i love you guys thank you (laughs) bye babies see you next week